0: presenting The Wave by L.A. Top Team
1: what's up everybody thank you again for joining us on the wave super super excited to bring you this very real estate based episode of the wave on this episode we're joined by all everything realtor jamie Tian. she's uh been featured by all the top real estate websites as a top one percent producer uh realtor magazine ranked her 30 under 30 and i'm sure most of the listeners have already heard of her uh before she came on to the show She's a Southern California product, born in Irvine, decided to go to UCLA for school. Um, She studied environmental studies, and as a senior, she decided to start real estate and uh, hung her license with Rodeo Realty, one of the most prominent brokers for high-end real estate on the West Side. She has crazy, crazy work ethic. She's a one-man show, one-woman show, excuse me, and she does everything herself. She has a little bit of coordination help on the paperwork side, um, but content-wise, it's all her brainchild and it's all her work ethic uh, that that puts all that content out. So it's amazing to see somebody of her stature being able to do it alone and and be able to come in here and visit with us and kind of shoot the shit as well. Uh, she has a social media built business and you guys are going to hear that. I don't want to give too much away about it, but it's kind of been a part of her business since day one. So I want you to pay attention there. And, um, quick note, we had a little bit of a hiccup with the saving of the audio. We worked with what we had and we put out a great show. Super, super excited for this episode. It was awesome to sit down with Jamie. And, um, if you haven't gathered by now, she's a super smart driven hardworking realtor who's leveraging the shit out of social media right now so i can definitely say with confidence that um this episode will not be the last that you hear of jamie tien being tied in with high-end real estate um especially on social media so that being said sit back chill out and enjoy the episode if you got any feedback let us know what you think you know where to find us and we'll check in next time Is kind of moving forward. Uh, aside from getting ranked in the top one percent of all producers by Zillow and Redfin, which is kind of not in your control, that's how many deals you close. Um, right. What have you been doing to kind of keep up with the times, the changes um, in real estate? Yeah, you know?
0: definitely. So I do do a lot of marketing on social media, so that Facebook, Instagram, um, a little bit on Snapchat and LinkedIn. So it's a great way to reach out to my, you know, my uh, circle of influence, but also get new clients and new followers as well, and I market all of my properties on there on a a day-to-day basis. I kind of, I'll show the properties that I'm showing or what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis, and Mm -hmm. it's kind of interesting because I'll still, I'll actually have, you know, random people or past clients, they'll see properties that I'm showing, and it's almost like they're there, and they'll be like, oh, that's something that I might be interested in too. Right. Can you send me the MLS sheet or send me more details or send me some other things in that area? So it's kind of cool. You can uh, keep in touch with your clients, but it's kind of like a less in-your-face, like, you know, getting on the phone and calling them and say, hey, do you still want to buy a property? Right. It's kind of cool, yeah. So I do that. And then uh, technology, I mean, video is huge now. We we're just talking about video. And so in terms of marketing properties, uh, we do, like, drone videos and virtual property tours. Because I do work with a lot of overseas clients, and sometimes they're not able to come in person to view it. So. Right. So, and kind of see the
1: property in advance online. We're, I'm, I definitely want to touch on some of those overseas clients. So when you say that you had to build your, or you're able to keep in contact with your sphere of influence, is that something that you've built or did you start with that? Are you from L.A., you've known people here and mm-hmm. kind of came up in L.A.? Um, um,
0: I'm originally from Irvine, from Orange oh, cool. County. I went to UCLA, so after UCLA I stayed in Los Angeles. So I'm not originally from L.A., but I'm from, from the area and I do do a little bit of business in Orange County as well, like mm-hmm. referral base and things like that. But um, honestly, when I started, I was 21 years old. I was fresh out of college. So, I mean, I had my circle of influence, but they were like maybe my parents' friends or family friends, and my my, uh, personal friends weren't really ready to buy property yet. But um, now a lot of my friends are starting to get to the point where they're buying their first properties, first condos and homes. Mm -hmm. And then as I uh, continue to build my client base and uh, they refer me to their friends and family, my circle of influence continues to grow, so I think it's... It's huge. I mean,
1: so you were studying. In, was it environmental studies? That you yeah. Studied? So I
0: studied environmental science and sustainability, science. and then my focus was on sustainable architecture. Okay. Yeah. So. so and
1: then you started seeing what. So what got you interested in buying and selling real estate from that?
0: Well, it was kind of. Uh, it wasn't really from that. I, I've always been interested in real estate, so when I was younger, on weekends, my parents would always take me to open houses, and I loved talking to the realtors and just asking them all kinds of questions about the property, about the price, and that's kind of how I got into it. I always wanted to get my real estate license on the side, and I thought that it could be like a side thing. I would right. help my parents out if they, you know, make a little extra money, need to buy or sell. A rental property but um, after I got my license um, I got my license when I was a senior at UCLA at the time I was planning to go to law school so I was also doing LSATs and all that I applied and everything I got into a couple of law schools and then my plan was still to go to law school and do the real estate thing part-time on the side mm-hmm. um, but I kind of dove into it I joined Rodeo Realty the firm that I'm still working at now and my business started to kick off and I really enjoyed it and I was like, I don't know if I want to do the law school thing anymore, and I don't think it's possible to do at the same time. So I decided to kind of go full-time into real estate and just dive head first in there, and that's kind of how it started.
1: And, you just, I mean, so you've been passionate about real estate from the start. Your right. folks used to take you to the open houses, so it wasn't much of a surprise to them when you said, real estate's going to be my direction?
0: No, it was definitely a surprise for them. They were like, well, why don't you do what we said? Like, we're going to do it on the side and go to law school. Right. Um, And I was like, no, I just, I think I want to give this a shot. I I think I'm good at it It's it's working and I'm making money and I enjoy it so much. So I just went for it. And you kind of
1: went zero to a hundred quick. It looks like because you're a top producer in 13, 14, 15 on. Sure. Yeah. So basically right when you got in, you're hitting, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously like first few months were, you know, I was trying to get my first couple of deals, but once I got a little bit of momentum, it just kind of went from there and business has been like skyrocketing, so...
1: Well, lucky you. <laughs> so, Rodeo Realty, and your story actually sounds similar to Sid's, Leibovich. It,
0: it is kind of similar, you yeah. You know,
1: Cause I, so, so I actually have a history with him because someone mm-hmm. who mentored me through college at USC, uh-huh. very good friends with him, and I was trying to figure out what I was going to do at sort of a down point in my life, and uh, short, long story short, he introduced me to Sid. I went okay. to Sid's office, and Sid said, I ran cross country at UCLA, and uh-huh. I said, like, cool. Did you finish he said no I sold two houses and dropped out and I started a brokerage and I said wow so, I know
0: it's crazy right he tells the story that he started the brokerage in his garage of his parents house um, I mean that's a big risk that he took I didn't I didn't drop out I did finish I don't think my parents would have but you didn't been do that happy. you didn't do the law school thing you said no, you know what I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm gonna keep doing I decided finish. not to go to law school maybe like a week or two before school started I was all set to go everything was ready to go I was scared to tell my parents Oof. Um, did you ask for
1: advice from Sid? No, I mean I I hadn't even I hadn't
0: even known Sid at the time. I didn't know, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Damn. So, yeah. So I say we used to say all everything in football. When I look at your accolades, you're all everything. All city, all county, all state. Blah, 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 blah. What office are you actually with? Is it the Beverly Hills? Rode office?
0: I work both out of the Beverly Hills and the Sunset Strip office. Mm-hmm. Um, my actual physical office location is in the Sunset Strip office. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, it's right on Sunset in Doheny, uh, below Soho House and above uh, Boa Steakhouse. Oh cool. Yeah.
1: So tell me a little bit about your team makeup. Who makes up your team? Did you start your team? Did you join a team?
0: Well, I, I work independently. I'm an independent agent. I do have uh, support in marketing and you know transaction coordinating and things like that. And then I do, I often work with Ben Bacall. He's a pretty big agent in Los Angeles. You've probably heard of him. Mm-hmm. So we work on some of the
1: listings together as well. Cool, I love to hear that because I'm uh, a one-man show myself. I mm-hmm. this is a small office as you see. I do right. like everything out of here. Um, I'm, I'm not a one-man show. I get all kinds of help from Kate. But uh, as far as the real estate side, I was telling you how I'm filling out my own avids right now and my own yeah. you know, papers. Um, so it's good to hear that somebody as successful as yourself still does that. Well. Yeah, I
0: still do all my own avids, Good. I still, I, you know, I do all the appointments, all the showings. myself. Mo- like you know most of the time. I do occasionally get help on open houses, but um, it's I definitely getting to get the point that I may need to grow my team a little bit soon. Well, I mean, help.
1: technology allows you to automate a lot of the things. Yeah. You can put it into a process or procedure. You can automate it. Yeah. With definitely. A little bit of help.
0: Exactly. And there's a
1: lot of options overseas, um, you know, remote help, things like that. To, True. To keep it cheap, so. I mean, I don't know, I, I really admire that you've been able to keep it such a small team and do oh, so many thank deals. thank you so much. Um, tell me about how you got into to kind of the high-end overseas mm-hmm. market. How did you get that link up, obviously you're bilingual, trilingual? Uh,
0: bilingual. bilingual, so I speak Chinese, okay. so that was definitely a huge thing. I think I jumped into the market kind of at the right time as well. Um, you know, at the time the market was starting to recover from the recession and a lot of uh, overseas investors from China were coming over. And I think uh, in West LA, especially, there's not a lot of Chinese realtors. And you know, on the East Side, you know, there's a lot of Chinese realtors. But I'm from
1: Bever- Oh, you are. I'm so over there, there's Ooh.
0: everyone's Chinese. Yeah. But um, on the West Side, Beverly Hills, Sunset Strip, Hollywood Hills, there weren't really many Chinese realtors. So I got lucky, I think, in that perspective. And a lot of Chinese investors were coming, and they needed help, and they need that bilingual help, and I was there for them. So, you know, I, a couple of my first client, big clients just found me on Facebook. I, I had a client that found me on Facebook. He bought a $5.9 million house and then in the Beverly Hills Flats, and then he bought a $4.5 million land property like the same year shortly after. And then, so that kind of kickstarted in my luxury market. When Did I you sold it? Did you
1: believe it? When he's like, yeah, I'll buy it, were you like?
0: I mean, it was kind of crazy. He came, I showed him a couple of houses, and then so he, he came over. He, he came, came over. Okay, so he came over. It's kind of a weird story. So he came over, showed him a couple houses, and then he left. Right? And I was like, oh, man, I didn't sell him anything, right? Mm-hmm. Then he called me and's like, I'm going to make an offer on a house that we haven't seen. I'm like, hmm, okay.
1: With just, me? With me, yeah. yeah.
0: So I'm like, okay, great. And then, you know, I made an offer on it. We negotiated the deal. And then he purchased it. So I didn't see I'm like, do you need to do inspections? He's like, no, I'm good. Like, I just want it for the land value. So it was kind of funny. That, that yep. happened. So that yeah. was your kickoff into the high end. Yeah. So once that deal? happened, um, I started, you know, getting more clients. Once I started seeing me actually have a track record of higher end homes, mm-hmm. and then I got some referrals. And
1: well, I mean, there's that. something to be said about that. So you're 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 known as sort of a high end luxury overseas link, and you got your first deal from Facebook. Yeah. How about that? That's I mean that goes to show how you can start a career and keep it going with the help of social media. Yeah, I mean,
0: obviously at the time, I I couldn't afford marketing, and so I just did what was free, so social media, things like that, and, you know, once you get your, once you get going, you can obviously expand your marketing into other areas, but, yeah.
1: Right. Well, I mean, was it discouraging at first when you obviously when we all started business, we weren't drumming that much, you know, was it mm-hmm. was it discouraging when you were figuring out what content to come up with, or, or what really you were gonna post, or was it pretty natural in thinking, I'm just gonna show what I do, and I, I do what I do, so whatever. Yeah,
0: I mean, at the time, it, it was kind of scary. I wouldn't say discouraging, but it was scary, because I didn't know what I was doing, and um, a lot of agents at that time weren't using Facebook and right. social media in that way. They, I think at the time, the older realtors, even my office manager and everyone would tell me, you, "Janie, you can't sell homes from behind the computer. You need to get out on the pavement and hit the pavement." And I was like, "Well, I mean, I I have like this thing that I can use." So I was like, "I'm just gonna start posting things and you know writing blogs and doing things like that." And then it started working. And then even my office manager was like. I changed my mind now. He's like, you can sell homes from buying the computer. That's right. So he even tells people now when he hires, like, he tells them, like, talk to Jamie because she knows about that. And, you know, it's kind of interesting how that, that worked out. But definitely at the time, some of the older agents thought it was inappropriate even to use mm-hmm. social media in that way. But now I think everyone does. So just a few years later. So. Yeah, that I
1: told you so is so sweet on yeah. the way out. Ooh, it tastes so good. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So. Based on where it's been since you got in in 2013? Uh,
0: 2012, 2012. 2012, end of 2012, yeah. Okay, and
1: that was sort of, I, I wrote an article on it as that being kind of the start of agents using social media. Yeah, definitely. So, since that was the start and you kind of led that charge, where do you think it's going to be going in the next few years, do you think? Um,
0: I think it's only going to grow bigger and bigger right. for sure, I mean, now I think it's almost like essential, not just... Uh, not just a tool, but everyone has to use it. Because I mean, how can you compete with everyone else that is using it if you don't? You right?
1: Can't. And yeah. you have big corporations, Zillow, Redfin, every everything like that using technology, I feel trying to edge out the middleman who's the realtor who doesn't know how to leverage that. Yeah. They give us the tools. Like obviously they give us great tools to help market ourselves and get business, but if you don't want to use that, you're gonna be attrition out. Be left behind yeah, you're for gonna sure. be cut out for sure. Yeah. Um So you think that's going to be going on with the market, or with the industry, what about the market? Do you see anything crazy? I mean, we're not, we're not fortune tellers by any means, and we've only been in it less than five years, club coming up on five years years here, so what do you think is going to happen with the market?
0: I think the market right now is still good. I think, uh, I don't see any reason why it would go down like it did. Back seven. then, you know, there's there needs to be some kind of trigger, right? Like subprime so lending. Right? Yeah, exactly, and the lending is now stricter than ever. I'm sure you 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 deal with every day. The underwriting is like insanely right uh, strict. So I think that they're doing a good job in trying to prevent that from happening again. And I think that there's still demand right now. Um, you know, I'm going out with my buyers. We're still seeing. Last week I had a property that we made an offer on seventeen offers. So I mean, it's still I'm still seeing multiple offers, especially with the first time home buyer price range. Mm-hmm. And so when I when I see the inventory so low and so many offers, so many buyers, I don't see any reason for the market to go down, at least in the near next few
1: years. 100% agree. Yeah. It's like, um, what's gonna cause it? You right. know, like if uh, something catastrophic could cause it. Obviously that's mm-hmm. out of our control, but market wise, I don't see any swings happening. Yeah. Super competitive out there. Right. And, um, People are figuring out how to make more money, even Mm -hmm. though they may not be getting it from their job. So I think, uh, and more creative loans are coming out for people our age as well. They understand like, okay, he he or she may have a different work background. They don't understand like, yeah, I'm a realtor. I got one check in the last six months, but it was like $94,000 on a commission, you know what I mean? And now there's all sorts of loans to help people like that or Mm -hmm. alternative stuff, tattoo artists, people who sell stuff on Etsy. Stuff like that, so yeah, I don't think anything's gonna be happening. Totally agree. You know? Um, what do you think is your favorite deal so far out of all the ones you've done? My
0: favorite
1: deal, yeah, and not for any, I mean, if it's mm-hmm. for money, great, tell me, but
0: yeah, I mean, I think it's for, for both. Um, I, uh, this beginning of this year, I sold a home in Beverly Hills for 7.5 million. Um, it was a great property. I, I was really proud of it because I had negotiated it down from eight, 760, so I got a million. 650 off the price for my clients but it was a nine month eight or nine month eight and a half month escrow Mm -hmm. so it was a really long escrow it was really difficult um first we got the i mean first it was like a really long negotiation process we finally got the you know the negotiations set and into contract we gave them a deposit everything like that but my client actually had it contingent on selling their home okay so they're they had a three and a half million dollar home that they were trying to sell, so I had to, and I hadn't even put it on the market yet. And I somehow convinced that seller to take our, uh, prof- take our offer contingent upon that home selling. And she was kind of a little bit more flexible because she also didn't know where she was going at the time. So she's like, "Okay, I'll uh, you know, take the time to actually find out my next property as well." It kind of works out perfect for everyone. So finally, we put our home on the market. Then I'm like scrambling around trying to sell this home, and it was super stressful. You know, my client's calling me every week selling, why is it not selling? So maybe a month or so later we sold that home and then we're ready to close but then the seller was saying well I mean it's kind of not fair because I I haven't found my home and you know I gave you as much time as you needed to sell your home so now you have to give me as much time as I need to find my home. Right. So then we uh, we had to figure out her home I mean I wasn't representing the sell that seller so her agent had to find her a home and then it was really hard to find her a home because she was really picky and then to keep my clients in escrow we had to keep releasing money so they released like, would oh, release like a million dollars and just keep releasing money Damn. and it was all cash deals so they just kept releasing money and putting more money into escrow and it was really stressful everyone was like is it going to close is it not going to close and I just remember you know eight months later when it finally closed I was like that was the longest deal ever but it was really really worth it. it was, it was really exciting, yeah. Right.
1: So you sold the house and got the listing out of it. How how did the sale go that you were nervous about, the original home?
0: Yeah, though? I mean, that was really nerve-wracking because, I mean, we, we, the seller, of course, wanted a higher price, and then we had to start a little higher and then lower it a little bit, but it was good. That was, we got, somehow, amazingly, they were all cash deals. That one was a cash deal, too, so we didn't have to deal with loans. Right. But, um... That helps a lot in the That negotiation. helps a lot, a lot, yeah. Because
1: that's how I got, I mean, not on quite on scale you, but mm-hmm. I've just realized when you come with cash, it just helps so much with the negotiation. It does,
0: especially when, well, it's definitely when you're at multiple offers, but also when you're doing something special, like saying, I need to have it contingent on selling my own home. Having cash is it's definitely attractive. And then if you're able to, you know, release a large deposit, it shows that you're really serious, right? Right. So obviously the sellers always worry that you're going to back out or you're not going to be able to sell a home, your home. But if you say release a million dollars cash and then the seller's going to think well I mean worst case scenario you guys back out I have a million dollars now and I still have my home to sell so right it's really a no-brainer at that point
1: right so you touched on kind of the creativity that you use with the cash buyers um, tell me a little bit about it I mean you it sounds like you'll kind of do everything Cause you talked about the eight-month escrow where you release more funds mm-hmm. and do this what are like some of the basic stipulations that you'll go with, like, okay, was it a big deposit? Mm-hmm. Is it releasing, you know, X amount again mm-hmm. after um, Yeah, a contingency period or something?
0: Right, so you may have like a shorter contingency period yeah. at first. Um, once you get through inspections and everything and you're okay with the condition of the property, if you want to, you know, if you need more time in escrow and you want to keep the property in escrow, but you want to keep the seller, you know, happy, mm-hmm. you kind of have to release money, basically. So you release money to them, um, non-refundable, and then they—they they know, they know it's secure, and they're happy. Yeah. That's
1: that's creative and gutsy. Yeah. You know, it takes serious guts from the buyer, but Definitely. if they know they want it, but if
0: they know that they want it and they're you know able and willing, then it's kind of a
1: right. Yeah. So, what would you say, have you had, obviously you've had a few, but what is one that comes to mind when I say an I can't believe it moment, either good mm-hmm. or bad, like, I can't believe I got that phone call, I can't believe I lost that deal, mm-hmm. can't believe I closed that deal. Um, I know you told two awesome stories, one of those stories might kind of fall into that category, but
0: yeah.
1: when I ask you the I can't believe it moment that you've had in your career, mm-hmm. what would you say comes to mind?
0: I had one client um, who called me and said, hey, I'm coming to LA for, I'm only going to be here for like three or four days, and I need to find a property. And he said, I'm calling two different agents. Um, I'm going to look at properties with you one day, and I'm going to look at properties with another agent the other day, and then whoever shows me the property that is right for me gets the deal, right? And I'm like, hmm, and I'm like, I want the first day, right? So I I scheduled the first day. Um, It was like literally, that morning, they arrived from the airport. Um, I met them and then took them to look and I, I was like, I'm gonna show them as many properties as I can. I showed them, I think 12 or 13 properties in a row. I mean, we had like six viewings, Dang. did lunch, and then did six or seven more. They were literally sleeping in my car in between every showing because they were jet lagged. And it just kept going. I'm like, no, we have to finish. At the end of the day, they were like, we really liked one of the properties. They are like, we're going to cancel the second day with the other realtor. And tomorrow, let's go back and look at it again. And then they ended up making an offer. And it was like a $2 million sale in one day. It was the longest day of my life. It was insane.
1: And that was was the beginning of this year. Yeah. You're already established. You say, you know what? Let's do this. 12-hour day, gear up and go. Yeah. And then cue happy dance at the end.
0: Exactly, yeah. So it it was definitely a good sale, but... It was really shocking. I didn't think uh, when he when he called me and said like, "Oh, I'm gonna do one with one day with you, one day with the other," I was like, "Oh, like, you
1: know." At least he was straight up. Yes, yeah, so I was know? like, "Well,
0: I appreciate you for being straight up." And then I was just like, "Oh, I gotta be the first one in."
1: So it was, sounds like you put in long hours. Obviously, based on that, you're willing sure. to do it. But when you're not in the office or out of the office working on real estate, what are some some things that you enjoy doing?
0: Um. Well, I have two little dogs. They're uh, they're both Maltese. One is three pounds and one's about two and a half pounds. So I like to hang out with them and take them out for a walk. Um, I'm I'm really into fitness and working out, so I try to work out five six days a week.
1: What sort of workouts?
0: Um, I do both lifting and cardio. So cool. I, love, I love cycling and um, I'll run my back to the beach and then uh, try to lift for like 30
1: minutes a day. Cool. Yeah. That's a lot, five six times a week. Yeah. Committed. So you like hanging out with your dogs, working out. Yeah. A lot of work stuff other than yeah that. and then
0: I'm also kind of a big foodie so I love trying new restaurants and that's kind of what I do for fun really <laughs> yeah Any, anything
1: notable as of late what's your most recent favorite hmm.
0: I just went to um, this this like little bar called pump in West Hollywood and I, I never I never even knew that it was like a restaurant it's like a I always thought it was like a lounge bar but. Okay. I went there and it was really beautiful, the decor was super pretty, and then I, the food was really good, so, yeah, it was, that was
1: I'm cool. A, I wrote that down, pump, and yeah. what about maybe a restaurant that you keep up your sleeve secret from people that's like the spot, mm-hmm. the back pocket restaurant? Back pocket restaurant,
0: I don't know, well, my favorite restaurant um, is Cut, it's kind of a more expensive steakhouse, mm-hmm. but it's like a special occasion place, so I'll take clients there when I close a really good deal. It's at the Beverly Wilshire, mm-hmm. um, and it's a Wolfgang Puck Steakhouse, so that's like my favorite. I love my Wagyu. Yeah. Cool.
1: So as we finish out this year and we're kind of heading into next year, what are your plans personally and for your business and maybe some goals as we turn into 2018? Um, You're talking about maybe bringing somebody on.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking about maybe bringing on teammates. Um, I'm, I'm starting to get a lot more leads, so I can't handle the volume anymore, so... I think maybe I can bring on some uh, teammates to help out with uh, some showings or open houses and things like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, goals are just to get more listings and more clients and yeah. just get more business.
1: Cool. Um, I mean, that's that's always hard to do as an independent contractor, figure out where you're going to bring help on,
0: yeah, how I they're going to the, be
1: compensated and what they're going to do. Well,
0: not only that, for me, the problem is, is I've actually been kind of thinking about it for a long time, but I'm... It's very hard to find someone that you trust, that you can, ex- you can expect to give the same level of customer service that you expect to give to your clients. Not only that, but also, I mean, when you're hiring someone, they usually, their goal eventually is probably to go off on their own, so they're going to kind of take everything that you spent all this time training them and teaching them, and then, you know, they might just leave after six months, so you kind of have to find that personality. That um, maybe isn't a big risk taker. They don't wanna go off on their own, but they like to have that kind of a position where they're working under someone, and it may be more stability, but uh, in income. But but yeah, so it's like you have to find the right personality that meshes with you and meshes for your business. And you know, there's a lot of points there. So right. I'm not gonna bring anyone on until I find someone that's perfect for me. I'd rather. I mean, at this point, I'm just working more hours myself, and I. I think I'm pretty efficient so I can handle it. Right. No, no I hear you. Yeah. Using tech,
1: you're leveraging technology, sure. you know, yeah. um, and no rush. Like you said, there's no rush. Right. It's all about finding the right person because you want to be able to trust who you're bringing on and, and mm-hmm. really give them a meaningful role, and that includes sure. access to private stuff. Yeah. And not only that, but techniques that you've developed and right. You know, stuff that you like and stuff that works for you. Yeah. And you're always scared that they're going to take it, so you got to be slow in that making that hire, you know? Real quick, if you weren't a top-producing agent, what do you think you'd be? I mean, have you thought? Have you put much thought into it?
0: I don't know. uh, If I, if you mean if it hadn't worked out. Yeah,
1: if it hadn't worked out.
0: Honestly, I probably would have went back to school and probably would have went back to law school and then maybe have tried that route.
1: Been an attorney.
0: Yeah, but I I did work in a law firm for a few years during college, and I mean it's a grind. It's kind of a whole different world, and that's why after working in the law firm for two years, I wasn't sure if I wanted to go that route. I mean, it just seems so stressful. Mm -hmm. And um, I love being a real estate agent because I get to meet new people every day. It's different every day. So I'm excited to get up in the morning. And I don't think I would want a job that's like in an office, sitting there all day, you know,
1: Mm -hmm. so. I mean, how? how structured is your daily schedule? Are you like, uh, six to nine is my morning routine, you don't talk to me, is that a very important part of your day? Is it, or is it, you say um, every day is different and that's why I ask, yeah it's I, pretty hard. To my structure. day is
0: not very structured. I mean, every day is different, right? Some days I have early appointments, some days I have later appointments. If I don't have an appointment in the morning, I try to like, fit in a quick workout and then I jump on jump on emails and leave follow-up and things like that. But then sometimes the entire day is just filled with running around and I, you know, can't do what I can't you really wrote do down. Can't do what I wrote down. Yeah. Yeah, I hate
1: that when you got an awesome list of things to do, but being yeah. in real estate, things happen, and you got to yeah. make a show and You got to go see a list. Yeah, and I mean, though. so many
0: la- last minute things too that you you think that you have your whole day planned out, and then you end up doing something completely different. Yeah.
1: Well, that's why I figured I'd ask if you had it figured out because I don't. No. So okay, well that makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah. At least. Are you doing just uh, your own content or and and following or are you? Um, putting ads behind it, ad dollars behind it, creating campaigns and stuff like that?
0: Um, I mean, in terms of like everyday posts and things like that, it's just my own content. Mm -hmm. Um, In terms of marketing listings, I do put ad dollars behind it. We'll market open houses and Facebook's really cool because you can target certain demographics or audiences or, you know, uh, geographic locations. So if I have a big open house coming up, I might do a Facebook ad, target, you know, couple mile radius around there you can even put people interested in real estate or mm-hmm. buyers and, and things like that yeah and
1: it's done pretty well for you those hyper targeted
0: ads um, it's you know it's hard to tell because when you're marketing a listing you're you know you're doing LA times ads you're doing Facebook ads you're doing social media ads you're doing uh, email blasts and mm-hmm. it's, I mean you try to ask where the leads are coming from but it's kind of hard to tell it's kind of but, hard to see I mean everything's working so I think that you can't really go away from it either yeah
1: now how do you how do you create the, or how do you portray successfully the image of your day-to-day activity without putting out meaningless content? You know what I'm saying? How do you, do you put much thought into, okay, you know, this quarter, this month, this thing, I think I need to get this message across, I'd like to show this, or is it completely organic and, you know, I'm going to film myself doing this today I think and it's, then hope it doesn't yeah, it's come more, out Yeah, it's
0: more organic. I just kind of do whatever I'm doing on a daily basis and... I mean, I obviously I kind of see what works and what doesn't work and kind of adapt from there. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't really plan out the social media that much.
1: Yeah, I hear you. I, I mean, it's hard, especially as a realtor, cause you don't know what's coming up. Yeah. So, I guess just themes. I try mm-hmm. to stick to themes is the best, best thing that I should yeah. come up with. You know. Um. So where, where can a lot of people find you online? Where's your hub where people can see your listings, find out about you as a person? See projects you have coming up. Read the blogs that you're talking about. Yeah,
0: my website is just jamietian.com. So that's my website it has all my listings, my sales, and my blog and everything. But my my Instagram, my Facebook, my LinkedIn, I kind of post on there all the time. So I kind of use that to my advantage. And anywhere that you follow me on social media, you will probably pretty much see everything that I'm doing day to day or week to week basis. And which one's
1: your favorite one to use out of those? Are you are you up on the most? Um,
0: I like Instagram. Um, I like it because especially they have the new stories feature so you can kind of post what you're doing on a daily basis, you can go live, but uh, LinkedIn is really cool because it's more of a official, more professional referral network, so each one is different, right? So right. You can use LinkedIn's it been
1: making a huge push lately. Yeah. I've been spending a lot more time on it um, because of their article publishing mm-hmm. and just the all the different stuff that they've added to help real business connections, I think mean, yeah. it's awesome. So. I've actually been spending a lot more time on that in the last three months than ever. Yeah,
0: That's it's crazy. great because I think people that are on LinkedIn are a little bit more serious and professional versus Instagram is great too. But then also, also there's a lot more people that are just on there for fun. So cool. Any? Uh,
1: are you gonna be having any open houses coming up that we can advertise that you want people uh, maybe showing up to? Yeah, anything off the top of the head? I'm just I a, a yeah, to kind actually of I have a new
0: listing coming up in the Hollywood Hills. I'm really excited for. I'm still waiting for the family to get their. Uh, it's like an estate, so they're getting all, everything cleaned out and ready to go. But it's going to be coming on the market pretty soon, and it's in the Hollywood Hills East area, in the Outpost area. So uh, cool. definitely keep an eye out on my social media, and when I'm when I'm able to post the address and everything, I'm, I'll do that. Yeah, when we yeah. see you
1: listed, we'll repost it and put well, it on our stories. Oh, thank you so much.
0: Really appreciate it. Perfect. Yeah. Um, and
1: uh, if you now having all the success you've had could tell yourself at twenty one when you were senior or twenty two, three or two or one bit of advice, what would it be to have success in the real estate industry?
0: Um, I think just like be confident and stick to what you're doing. I think when I first started out I was a little like all over the place and I would try things for like a week or two and I'd ah, it's not working and then I try something else, and I'd switch and I'd, I think in real estate everything works as long as you're consistent and mm-hmm. you stick to it. So you can't like you know, you can't spread yourself too thin. You have to pick the things that you like to do. It may not be the same thing that another realtor likes to do. It may not work for you, it may work for them, but pick the ones that you like and stick to it and then as long as you work hard it'll work. I like it. Yeah. Yeah,
1: if you work hard on it, it'll work mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. I dig it. Thank you so much for coming by. It was of course. a pleasure to meet both you guys again.